I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing? Doing outstanding. You? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So would you like to kick us off this week? Well, yeah, I actually would uh, like to ask you a question from one of my coworkers. Oh, ask away. She would like to know exactly what type of podcast we have. Are we strictly political? Do we cover other interests? I would say our podcast type would be news commentary. So it could be political, but not everything not everything is political. And that's what I explained to her that we do cover a lot of political things in the world and in the country, but we are not strictly about politics. Yep. So news commentary, definitely on the commentary side, we don't do any investigative reporting ourselves. We do dig into stories and discuss them, but we don't actually do the knock and talks with the subjects of of any uh, story that we do. If we were strictly a political channel, there's a lot to cover. There is. We could do one podcast that would last about 87 days. And that probably wouldn't even cover everything if we were to dive into each topic of of discussion. It, it would not. One topic of discussion, though, is I see Antifa is at it again up in the Portland area. GOP rally goers cannot even have a rally without being assaulted by Antifa thugs. That has been going on up there for years, and in fact, the Portland Police Department for a while had a hands-off or stand-down when any of these assaults were going on. And in fact, if they would uh, target and attack federal property, it was an absolute no-go to stop them. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the police had hands-off. They were understaffed, so they were unable or they struggled to respond. Well, even even the police officers, so they had a hard time with the policies. So they actually left in droves. That's why they're understaffed. And they wanted to defund the police and have less police officers on hand anyway. So I don't know if you can call that understaffed if they got the end result that they were after as far as having less uh, officers. However, it has turned against them. And it allows people who want, kind of want lawlessness to rally and do whatever they want. Assaults are up and they just know that they can do it and get away with it because uh, Oregon passed a law that says unless the person is convicted of a crime, like no mugshots, names and stuff like that can go out there. So people can't even look up those who are getting arrested for crimes, no pictures will be included and see that over and over again, the same people are doing the same things. Is that that old phrase that the inmates are running the asylum? Yes, definitely the inmates are running the asylum on this one in Portland. So maybe we should call it the insurrection of Antifa instead of the January 6th insurrection. Well, if you listen to uh, Joe Biden and others like him, Antifa is merely a figment of our imagination, an idea. It's not an organized group, so it doesn't count. 
that's what I thought when I saw their pictures on the news and they were all wearing hoods and their faces were covered. Oh, I'm not really seeing them. It's a figment of my imagination. Yeah, and when you get hit in the face, if you're Andy No and you're reporting on what Antifa is doing and you get assaulted repeatedly and the cops don't even go after your assaulters, I mean, it, I'm sure the blood all over his face was a figment of his imagination too. Yes, it was. Yeah, pure chaos. Yes, absolutely. They are, they are definitely allowing criminals to run the show. Speaking of criminals running the show... The FBI director has come out and said violence directed at police officers is unlike anything that he has seen before. There were 73 police officers murdered in 2021, and it far outpaced the total number in years prior. We have allowed police officers to get assaulted because we say that they can't do any enforcement action, and if they do any enforcement action, they're the ones in the wrong But so far, 101 police officers have been shot as of April 1st alone, just this year, 2022. So 73 died last year. 101 have been shot this year. Is it amazing that actions have consequences or lack thereof? We've learned over the last couple of years that you can rob stores and you can use guns. But if you're a lawful person using a gun to protect yourself, like uh, San Jose wants to attach a requirement that you carry insurance in case your gun just goes wild. So we now see that they are targeting lawful, lawfully registered gun owners because that's the only way they're going to know they have a gun. If it's an unlawful gun, do you think they're going to be like, oh, hey, I'm breaking the law by having this gun. I should get me some insurance because the law says I, ha- I need to have it. No, they always go after law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, and I do not understand that. It makes no sense to me, no logical sense to me at all. That's why I think that some of those folks have some type of uh, disease. That I've been in Washington too long disease? Absolutely. Speaking of people being in Washington and getting out of Washington. Who's out of Washington? Pelosi. Oh, is she out of Congress? No, actually her and some several of her Democratic colleagues made an unannounced visit to Ukraine. Wait, uh, so she showed up in Ukraine yes. as a part of the the delegation that was already scheduled to yes. go to Ukraine. So was it really unannounced? No. Well, I guess it was unannounced that she was going to be a part of it, but they already said some high figureheads would be going. So I guess it's not a surprise. That, well, it actually is a surprise. Well, it's a surprise go. to themselves that they would actually go, especially to Kiev, <laughs> considering that Russia is still launching missiles into Kiev. Or did you think that she woke up and just like, where am I? Where am I at? Boy, that was pretty good beer on the flight. (laughs) Yeah, right. I got all the, I got all liquored up on this flight. Where am I? Where am I at? (laughs) I thought you said we were going to Kentucky. I didn't realize you said we were going to Ukraine. Yeah, whoops. Thought we were going back to the Bay Area. So are they still launching missiles into Kiev? Missiles and artillery shells. Okay, so if they're still launching, I'm kind of surprised that they would send our third in line over there. Correct. Do you think it's because our second in line wouldn't go? Correct. I wouldn't send her, no matter how somebody feels about her ability to do her job. Um, We have to support our Constitution and our organizational chart, and she is number two. I'm surprised that they sent number three, to tell you the truth. Yes, they should have kept all three of them. Way out of, out of an way. active war zone. Yes, absolutely. I mean, do they have do they have something else? That, well, I'm sure they have a lot we don't know about. 
but like a ceasefire with Russia. Like, hey, we're going to go in here. Right, don't. You you kill one of our people, and we're going to wipe you off the map. And all bets are off. Yeah, that's a possibility. That is a possibility. Okay, so I did want to touch on uh, um, what I just talked about a few seconds, well, like a minute or two ago, with regard to murdering police officers and whether or not the person would get arrested or stay in jail. So I don't know if you remember, but retired Captain David Dorn, um, name is familiar. Okay, so he was a St. Louis police captain, and he responded to a pawn shop robbery in the summer of 2020. He was 77, and he was killed on June 2nd, 2020, after a burglar alarm went off at his friend's pawn shop. On the night of Dorn's death, four St. Louis officers were also shot, and dozens of other businesses were damaged and burglarized. It was right after what happened with George Floyd, and so St. Louis was seeing a lot of um, basically rioting in the streets and robberies and places were burning. People were getting shot, including police officers. So the individual, Stephen Cannon, was arrested in June of 2020 and charged with first degree murder over Mr. Dorn's death. And he was also charged with armed robbery, burglary, stealing and unlawful possession of a weapon. I guess he was granted a new trial date. They are going to just push it back. So basically, they decided that the man was going to get a new trial date. They just keep pushing it back and pushing it back, and it's years in the making. And he gets to live another day while the man he... Well, I I guess my problem is, is we say that we want to be against guns, against violence, and against murder, but here we have a former police captain murdered, and it's slow, you know, slow walk to... To any justice. Yeah, no such thing as a speedy trial there. Yep. Well, maybe they're afraid of more violence. Yeah, they could be afraid of more violence if they actually go after. But mind you, Mr. Dorn is also African-American, so I thought we would care a little more. As we should. And you would think we have, would have crossed these lines and bridges many moons ago. But if you look at one side over the other, one group tends to like to keep us pitted against each other. So there's never any resolution. As soon as you think things are calming down, people are getting along, um, the country's doing pretty good, don't get me wrong, there's always going to be that small fringe percentage that are very bad people no matter what. Um, We never seem to get over that hump and keep it prolonged for a period of time. It's heartbreaking that the guy died. It was over a George Floyd thing, and who should have been punished? The officers. The officers that were in charge of the entire situation. Yes. Should people go out and loot and shoot people and murder people and do the things that they've done? No. Uh, Two wrongs, like they say, do not make a right. No, they don't. They absolutely do not. So Finland has announced they're applying for NATO membership. Didn't Putin say that if too many countries apply for NATO membership or... Was it NATO membership? Yes. That if too many people apply, he was going to start bombing them too? Especially too many people in that side of the world that are close to him. Yes, if multiple countries apply for NATO membership, he would either pop a nuke off or he would uh, claim that this is the beginning of World War Three. Yeah, so now we have more people applying. Well, probably because they see what Vladimir Putin is capable of doing and they're like, yeah, maybe it might be a good idea to be a part of something bigger. Well, don't... Anybody misread this statement, 
But fortunately for Putin, he has nuclear weapons. Because if he did not have nuclear weapons and he decided to start World War III by attacking other countries, he would get his butt kicked rather quickly because the Ukrainian military and people have great resolve and they're very small and they're handing it to him. Small but mighty. They did. They were expected to be just steamrolled from the beginning. Even uh, General Milley thought that it would be about 72 hours and they'd be done. Yes, and if the news reports and the media reports are accurate, then it's factual that they are handing it to Russia. Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of the United States and our founding and declaring our independence and then going up against um going up against England that the expectations were that these pitchfork farmers just wouldn't be able to do anything about it. And so I, I think that's why we have a a little blurb in our constitution and our amendments that talk about a militia being well-regulated and all of that jazz. Right, right. Well, being see, necessary. If you follow what's going on there in Ukraine, which the news reports seem to be dying down a little bit because people must be getting a little not bored with it, but they're moving on to other stuff because it's been going on so long. The uh, city of Maripol... Uh, Russia has absolutely decimated. So now they're getting ready to evacuate a steel complex there. And right now there's about a thousand civilians hunkered down with 2,000 Ukrainian fighters in a steel plant and they're trying to fight their way out of it. Wow. It's amazing. We have um, professional boxers, MMA fighters, actors, 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 actresses of Ukrainian descent taking up arms and helping defend their country. Right, because they believe in what what their country means to them. They believe in, in keeping it out of Russian hands, not being Russian themselves. Yeah, and they don't have a constitution like we do, so they are doing something that we, as Americans, did once, but because of our policies in 2022... Our leadership's trying to take that all away from us. Yeah, saying we would never need it. Correct. We would never. What What does anyone need a gun for? What does anyone ever need anything for? Because you can see all futures and you know. No, I. I yeah. Nutso. Yeah, it is. It's quite, nutso. quite nutso. You know what else is nutso? What else is nutso? Our border. Our southern border, our northern border, our eastern border, our western border. Our southern border. So do we have borders on the east and west? We have oceans. Uh, okay. We have oceans on our east and west, and uh, then we have Mexico to the south and Canada to the north. Uh, okay. Thank you for the directional. Uh, well, technically, we could have somebody on our on our eastern border if you count Alaska, and it borders Canada. So technically, though, it's all Canada to our, our north. But yeah, it would also be considered I know, our border. southern border. I just... Yeah, our, unintended. yeah our, our southern border, and we have judges out there ruling that Title 42, which is a health requirement that was put into place under Trump. It already existed, but it was put into place for 
for that C-19 that we still have going around that doesn't want to end or go away. But it was for health reasons that they could stop people from entering the United States. And Biden sought to end that policy. And a judge has ruled that it's going to remain in place for now. So let me ask you, does Biden want to end that policy? I don't think Biden knows what he's doing. Or somebody within his administration. I would go with somebody within his administration. Yeah, right now they're looking at trying to no longer enforce Title 42, which I find interesting because the same government who's trying not to have any medical requirements is having medical requirements subject to another lawsuit, which they want to enforce against anyone flying in a U.S. airplane or going through mass transportation, they want to try to have, they're saying there's enough medical concerns that people need to wear masks, but then there's not enough medical concerns that people can't come maskless into the United States, which is it. And it's not just about masks. It is health-related concerns. Well, it is, but you know what? Close the border. Don't worry about Title 42, 3, 4, 5, or 6. Shut the border down. Do things legally. Do things proper. Quit trying to flood us with new voters. Uh, maximum occupancy, in my opinion, I think we're full. Okay, so... For now. Yeah, speaking of maximum occupancy, if we're saying that we have, well, like in California, not enough water, but you want to let people in. If you're saying that you have, you know, uh, we have an overabundance of jobs, but people aren't unemployed yet we have the same amount of people which is or even more people which is kind of weird to me the way they're fudging those numbers they absolutely fudge them numbers but we can't get enough people back to work people have been negatively impacted for the last couple of years and instead of caring about those who are already here and taking care of our own we're like yeah we're just gonna let them go and hopefully we get it right with the next group of people Well, I just heard a report from a city councilman down south in Southern California this week that they are out of water. They want to limit you starting around June 1st to 50 gallons or less. And please do not water your yards. So with the with the water, apparently we've had water district requirements of 55 gallons per person per day. Correct. But they don't actually like... They don't enforce it. Yeah, they don't enforce it on each household, which I was wondering how, like, where are the surveys saying how many people live at your house on every given day? Because people move, people come and go. People have babies, you know, older children move out, maybe grandparents move in, whatever the case may be. But how do you know how many people live in which household? And then you want to ask them to reduce Maybe they already have. Maybe they are using the least amount of water that they can already use. They're just like arbitrarily saying, everybody reduce. Why not target the big wasters if that's really what you're after? Absolutely. they got to look into commercial entities. They need to go to the Hollywood types and take a look at their homes. Every last one of them need to be limited to 55 gallons a day. You want to start start there with their big lush properties? Tell me that they're not watering. Absolutely. There was a story a couple years ago during this last little drought prior to COVID where a gentleman down in, I believe it was North Hollywood, was continuing to water and they started fining him and he said, keep fining me. I'm going to water my grass. I'll pay the fines. Stay away. Right. So you have all of these elite Hollywood types. If I don't see 
dead everything around their house, I'm not going to do anything either. If you don't want to enforce it on the biggest users, leave me alone. Absolutely. And I guess it's homeowners only use like 5% of the water. It's corporations or big business for what they do. They use the bulk of the water. But it's interesting to me, and that's kind of where I went with the eastern and the western borders because there technically are none. We have a big, vast ocean out there. Desalinization plants? Yes. They need to bring desalinization back because if the oceans are truly rising because the ice caps are melting, then we can, through our own technology, counterbalance that out. Help it out? Yes. Help it out a little. Not only that, we can run pipelines... All over the Midwest, Texas, Louisiana, up to Canada, down. Why can we not do an east-west corridor water, water pi- pipe? Water pipeline. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Absolutely. And something else that we, you know, think about with all of the water, and, and you had mentioned it, I can't remember if it was on last week week's podcast or if you mentioned it in passing, but the the water itself, California is a drier place. And in fact, we are set up to get our water from the snow melt and coming down the mountains and from our waterways and, and stuff like that. So we actually have damming systems and some water storage that was set up decades ago to help give water in a year-round sort of cycle. But if we didn't do that, we would have extraordinarily dry dry spring summer falls <laughs> yes which is what california is it's and not, that's our climate not, though yes, so it's we, our climate so we have actually altered the climate in a way by having the dams and the water systems and stuff like that and california continues to allow more people to come in when we already technically should be kicking everybody out yes which is why you can't say we're going to tear down dams and let waterways be natural Re- reconstitute themselves and be natural again if we're going to allow up to 20,000 a week or whatever it is into the state. Right. And one thing that that um, just popped into my head. So we allow people under a lawful permanent resident program. It's known as a, a commuter LPR card. So they'll, they'll get lawful permanent resident status. But what they do is they actually commute back and forth from Mexico each day. So they live in Mexico and they work in the United States. And it's kind of a a side lawful permanent resident card that you can get that says, and I think you can get it in Canada too. So it's not just Mexico, but it's you're living in the home country and the commuting every day for work. So why would we allow people to commute over for jobs and use water at job systems and stuff like that on our side if we really just don't have the ability to have people. And I'm not denying, I'm not saying that they don't have the right to lawful permanent residence status. If our law said they did, they did. Well, in these politicians' mind minds, it's three-prong. It's workers, laborers, it's voters, one party, well, only and if they tax- become citizens. Yes, and it's taxpayers because that they do pay. They, they pay may taxes. not. Yeah, they may not pay all the taxes because some people always say that illegals don't pay taxes. They do. Well, and these lawful permanent residents would pay yes. taxes because they're working. Yeah. They're not working they're, under the table. Right, they're not working under the table. But even the ones that work under the table, when they go buy services and products, they pay taxes. Right, and our 
are nearly 8% or depending on where you live, 8 plus percent Absolutely. sales tax. And if they're buying going, anything on yeah, the U.S. side. Going across the Bay Bridge, say they're working up in the Bay Area, they're paying like 20 bucks now a day to go across the bridge. So they're, they're paying for services. Right. So if you're unlawfully residing here, you pay your, your sales tax, you pay to cross bridges, tolls. You pay for other services. If you're buying gas here, you're paying a gas tax, both California and federal. So, so you, you there are different at, ways. Yes, to, and you look at immigration, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, I I've just, cut you I off just several had that, times. I so just I'm had good. that thought as well. If these experts were experts and they had the solution, they would have fixed this immigration thing a long time ago. Because I think we bring in about a million a year into the country. More than that. So you Legally. Can, even more than that, because you can have, um, if you are the spouse, child under the age of 21, unmarried, or the parent of a United States citizen, there are unlimited numbers that you can bring in. So there, there's no visa limits for that. So you know what it tells me? These knuckleheads in D.C. like turmoil. They like things being what they deem disorganized, and they're the only ones. What's the saying we always use? They the, create the problem. And they're the only ones that they're can the fix it. They're the only ones that can fix it. And we seem to go through this every election cycle. Right. And I, I do see all these like, oh, the, the people coming across the border are here to steal my jobs. Okay. Probably not. I mean, you're probably 90% of people who are saying that don't realize that they're not going to come and take their job. Well, not only that, if somebody's been here working as a U.S. citizen for 20 years, they should already have a decent career that some person that's coming up south of the border fresh in the system. With no language skills and that is not going to take yeah. their job. Right. And so that, I mean, I hear that a lot or I hear, the biggest one I will say that I hear from other people is my so-and-so came legally, insert friend, rel whatever relative, so they can come in legally too. Well, the thing about that is there is not a legal avenue for everybody to come who wants to come. And so our Congress people know this. They know that somebody who's in Brazil can't just decide one day, I'm going to apply for a visa to come to the United States and do it the legal way. Because if they could, they would. Or, you know, insert any other country. It could be from China. It could be from India. Any other country. There is not an avenue for everybody to come. Because our Congress people know this, they pit us against each other with that just general, they should come legally talk when there is no legal avenue. So with that in mind, who can fix it? Our Congress people. Because they write the laws. They write the laws. So anyone who wants a legal avenue for everybody to come, guess what? Get together with everybody else who wants legal avenues for everybody to come and make it a law. Absolutely. But they want to pit us against each other. They want to keep breaking the system, our already broken system. And I do believe that it's broken because even in 2000 and I think he announced the program in 2000, somewhere between 12 and 14. I can't remember exactly when it was. I want to say it was 14 where they did deferred action. And what that was is they were... Is that the DACA plan? DACA, yes. Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And I think it started in 2012, and then they were trying to expand it later and expand it more. And so it, they wanted to do deferred action for parents of childhood arrivals, 
Well, my problem with the deferred action for the parents is when we said we were allowing the children to get status because it wasn't fair. They didn't have a choice of being brought. They didn't get a choice when they were under the age of 16. Your parent bundles you up as a baby and brings you over unlawfully. That's not on you. And I do agree with that. But then they said, oh, well, it's not fair to separate the parents of these children who, mind you, now are adults. But it's not fair to separate the children from their parents. Wait a minute. You said it wasn't the children's choice to be brought, but yet now you want to reward the adults who did the unlawful bringing of the children. Tell me how that works. Well, it's just because they wanted another another class of voters. Oh, you're just mean for not wanting to keep families together. No, the parents decided to make that decision. They put their own family in the turmoil. Don't try to deflect and say it's somebody else's fault that you're a big meanie. That's how they do it. It's always somebody else's fault. But my fix, just as a little side, is to say, you know what? The children can go back to whatever their technical home country is, and they will have no negative consequences from any unlawful immigration. That's not going to follow them. It's not their fault. They can go back, and then they have the opportunity to apply legally. And I thought that that would be okay, so that way anyone who wasn't a criminal or otherwise wanted to obey our laws would be able to turn around and come back in, but you wouldn't reward the parents who did all of the unlawful actions. Well, apparently we reward criminals now for stealing stuff. Oh, we do. There's going to be no charges against you. So again, it's those folks back in D.C. that claim to be the smartest in town, make the biggest mistakes, and then whatever mistake they make, we as law-abiding, tax-paying citizens get punished and we have to deal with it. Always, and it's always us, always on us. So let's morph a little bit to schools and clubs within schools, after-hours, after-school clubs. Okay. So how many different clubs do you think schools should have? Uh, just just name a few of them. What Tennis of club? club, soccer club, maybe a reading club, a horticulture club. If you want to learn about plants, you can do golf. I, I know those are sports, but you could also have a club maybe in the off season for those things if you want them. So, 4-H, horses, So should animals. the clubs only be related to school activities? Um, Should there be I think a, a lot of them could be related in, in general ways. Like if you're talking about plants, technically that's science. If you're talking about sports, you can learn about the mechanics or physics of doing. So, I mean, some of the stuff could end up being related, even if not directly like this is science club and this is reading, you know, right. language arts club or something. Well, that's why I found it interesting that a satanic temple in North Carolina says that they want a satanic after-school club because it's needed to provide a contrasting balance to students' after-school activities. Then I say do it in your own temple? Do it in your own temple. If they're underage kids, do it with the parents' permission. Yes. I would say that, I mean, I don't want it, and I think it's a bad idea personally, but if you want to host it, host it in your church. I mean, we have a lot of churches that host... Bible studies and kids groups and right because you have stuff. a lot of schools now that have banned 
religious Christian or other organizations from doing right. So then you just functions. do it. So then they do it with a local church, and they right. do it on the church's property. They generally don't do it at school, which I one hundred percent agree with. I just thought it was kind of interesting that a satanic temple would want to have a after school club to counterbalance activities. It makes zero sense. Well, what's funny is if you're having a satanic temple, then arguably you believe in God. You just support Satan. Yes, and I wonder if they actually understand that. Probably not. I I, I don't know. Well, there was a, a football coach who had been praying on the 50-yard line for years, and he didn't invite anyone to like do it with him. He was just praying after the games. He would pray, and then people started asking to join him. And he did, and then ultimately it gained too much attention, so then they decided that they would fire him because there wasn't a separation of of church and state type of thing, even though he never pushed any of his praying onto anyone, nor said they had to, nothing like that. So it's just kind of interesting that, oh, we want to have a satanic after-school club when a teacher's fired for praying on their on the 50-yard line after a game's done and people start joining him, then somehow that is wrong. It's almost like Twitter and how they parsed out what was acceptable and what was not. You mean the place that's 99% Democrat supporting uh, groups? Yes. The people there support 99% of Democrat ideals. Right. Actually, that's who they donate to. Which has now been purchased by... Mr. Elon. Mr. Musk, who's now going to allow both sides to be heard. Right. But the Biden administration now is deciding they need a truth police. Where were they the last four to 40 years? Which this is an organization we don't need. We have a constitution. We have a First Amendment. So we need to follow and abide by the First Amendment. You may not always agree with what somebody has to say, but let them say it. Whose misinformation is it? Who gets to decide what is misinformation and what is not? Well, apparently the Department of Homeland Security thinks that it's their job, even though um, the new head of the Department of Homeland Security's initiative to combat disinformation um, decided that the Hunter Biden laptop situation was Trump misinformation even though it's come out now that it was Clinton misinformation and DNC misinformation. Um, Now they're going to have that person who believed it was disinformation head the Department of Disinformation for the Department of Homeland Security. And it's not a future one. They've already spent millions of dollars and allocated millions of dollars for this disinformation group. It's amazing what we do with ebbs and flows with the political parties and when one's in office and the other's out, the stuff they come up with and vice versa. Yeah, here the head of the disinformation group, uh, sorry, the Department of Homeland Security should not be a part of investigating disinformation because what they're terming terming as disinformation isn't actually disinfo. And if we give them all of this power to say what is allowed to be said and what isn't allowed to be said, we'll end up in the same situation that we did in, what, October of 2020, 
which was Twitter and Facebook and the like banned talking about the Hunter Biden laptop, which was real. And then, but talked about uh, Russian disinformation and Russia Trump collusion. And yet all of that was allowed to be talked about, even though arguably without any proof, it should have been blocked just like they blocked the Hunter Biden laptop, which again was actually truthful. Absolutely. You know, a little sidebar to that, you know, speaking of the election, yeah, all the rallies that Biden had, there was maybe 10 people at one, a hundred at the other. And they were his people. Sorry. Yes. They were his people like well, rolling up in their own cars individually. Now our former president, whether you agreed with him or not, whether you like him right now or not, is starting to rally the last six months. And I think his new logo is Save America. He has more people at this one rally I'm looking at than Mr. Biden had his entire run while he was running for president. Well, and so keeping with this aside, what's funny about that, people will say, oh, his crowds, they're getting smaller. I don't know if you've heard people, but some of the articles that I've been reading on his crowd size is that they're getting smaller. And they're still bigger than anything Biden ever had. And he, and there, I know you'll say people out there rightfully and arguably will say, but he was doing the right thing during a pandemic in which we didn't understand the full, you know, nature of, of COVID. And so he would have socially distanced rallies. He would do it with cars that were socially distanced. He would do it online, even his online rallies or or speeches or whatever had not that many people but then let's keep in mind he had been running since 2019 before we even knew there was a pandemic and he still could not get the groups of people and the crowds of people I was watching I was watching the uh, debates that he was involved in even before COVID hit and still the crowd sizes for him where tiny people were there for the other candidates, not for him. And you could tell that in their lack of support for him and their support for the other candidates. There was a couple better candidates that were running than him for sure. And I will say for for all of the negatives, I thought one of the the funny exchanges for um, Elizabeth Warren, and I can't remember which commentator it was, said that it, if elected... Elizabeth Warren would be like the oldest president and her quick response, but I'll be the youngest woman. (laughs) I'm like, Hey, you know what? Good for her. Good for her. Obviously she's not our president and that is not a direction we ended up going in my opinion, thankfully, although I, I still don't think Biden's my person. Um, but I thought that she was quite witty and she still seems to be pretty sharp, even though she, I believe is a little bit older than Biden. Biden is sundowning. Biden's going downhill. She at least quick, she at least isn't. So I don't know what's afflicting Biden, but had they gone with Elizabeth Warren, at least you would have somebody who wasn't, you know, toast after 4 PM. I might have something to do with their genes. (laughs) (laughs) maybe so tiktok there's a lot of very funny funny videos on tiktok 
There are, and I really, I, I honestly, I see so many people on TikTok, and I'm like, I wish I could get over the fact that it, it is owned by the Chinese regime, and they steal your information. Right. <laughs> Not that our information isn't stolen by anyone else, but I wish I could get over that and actually get on TikTok, but I, I just can't bring myself to it. But anyway, there are funny people on TikTok. And one thing I wish that we had an organization to do is watch after some of these dangerous TikTok trends. So we could stop young kids and other people from trying them and killing themselves. We just had Uh-oh, two. What happened we just had two people electrocuted to death after attempting a TikTok trend. I think I read about this. It's something to do with wood. It, I I don't remember the whole thing, but it's something to do with wood. And I believe, even though they're the latest to try this trend, they are not the first couple to die. Like, in fact, it's killed a couple dozen, at least, I believe. Yes, and wasn't the Tide Pods, wasn't that a TikTok thing also? Okay, so the Tide Pod Challenge, which is actually kind of funny that you bring it up. Yes, I believe it was a TikTok or an Instagram or one of the Facebook. I don't know, kids don't really seem to use Facebook. I think that's for us old people. But (laughs) um, there was the Tide Pod Challenge, and then there was this counter group that said that whole story was fake. That there are really no kids eating Tide Pods and that it was a fake news story created by right-wingers to, like, try to say kids are dumb. The right right always does that stuff. But then it came out that kids were actually, like, there are videos of people doing it and then they were still trying to say that it's not real. People are play pretending eating Tide Pods. I'm like, if they made such a realistic-looking Tide Pod on a video, then... Maybe they should get into a different business. I don't know, because there was a lot of people actually putting themselves on video eating these Tide Pods. Yes, and there was actually another one called the Knockout Challenge, where people were just going around to people and just smacking them, hitting them as hard as they can, closed fist, and there was actually a handful of people across America that died. Yeah, that they would, either the punch itself would hit them or or kill them, or the, the knocking out and the falling on the ground. Yes, hitting their head and dying, brain yeah. hemorrhage. Well, this couple was 44 and 52 when they electrocuted themselves in their garage. Did they not know science? Apparently not, and this process is highly dangerous and should only be done by trained professionals. Okay, so what does, does it say what it involves? Like, have you read what it... It was just a form of artwork that they were doing a burn in the wood, trying to burn, uh, could be anything, a tree, a plant, whatever they were trying to burn into the wood. So and apparently a lot of people see something. Yes. Would, I'm sure a lot of current there for whatever power source they used because the story is incomplete. So I'll have to get back to this one. I'll have to do a little more research. On what they actually did. But I I did read that it was popular enough that so many people were trying, like dozens of people have died trying to do. And I was just trying to figure out, like, what are they doing that causes them to electrocute themselves? Because, I mean, it's electricity, so that's what they're doing. They're electrocuting themselves to death. It is called fracture wood burning a technique in which high voltage electricity is used to burn lightning or tree-like patterns into wood that has been soaked with a chemical solution oh dear lord jesus yeah see and that's why when people do diy home remodels one of the things you should never do yourself unless you are licensed or you have a very good grasp is electrical work because number one 
you will burn your house down or you will electrocute yourself. The number one cause of home deaths may still be, I know it was a few years ago, was 115 volt circuits or 120 volt circuits, people electrocuting themselves. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think of some of the stuff that I see on, on uh, I, I watch Instagram or Facebook and on these reels that come across and I think, man, I would love to do that myself. And usually they're just crafty things. And so then a joke has been going around, like, why buy it from Walmart or Target or wherever for $15 when I can buy $100 worth of craft supplies and and do it myself? Absolutely. And I get that there's a thing about doing it yourself, which is really great. But I look at some of this stuff and now you're involving chemicals and electricity and and things like that. Arguably, you have to learn somewhere, but I don't think watching a one minute TikTok is a place to... Absolutely not. I mean, there are good YouTube videos out there. That's one thing that's pretty cool about YouTube is there are a lot of professionals. If you actually query or search the right thing, you can find the right people to help you. And if you're unsure, ask an expert or just don't mess around with the stuff. Well, yes. And and one thing I will say recently, we were reprogramming our our car to open a new garage door new new to our car garage door. And we watched a video and the video is like, push these buttons, wait this amount of time, look for these flashing lights. Once it happens, pressure your garage door opener, hold it, and then press the button. So that way it registers. That was the end of the video. And we did this repeatedly. And we're like, why is it not working? Well, then I skipped to another YouTube video on the same subject. And they added a third step. Go hit this button on your garage door and then and then it will work so the first video gave me two out of three steps and the second video gave me all three steps and it worked but think about maybe this fractal burning fract is that what you called it fractural burning burning that they they got two out of three steps and so they watched the video a thousand times figured they knew what they were doing and then tried it, and then whatever that, that missing step was. That's interesting. YouTube, step two of three, multiple videos, same garage door, two springs inside the door that make it go up and down with ease. One spring breaks, never changed one before. Watch a YouTube video after my springs come in. First three videos, incomplete. Fourth video, from a garage door installer complete did the job door work great but it is quite amazing because you think okay this person's going to tell me how to do it and then you don't know what you don't know so that missing step you're like why am i trying the same thing over and over and it's not working what am i doing wrong absolutely i know the government's doing it wrong with our gas and diesel prices oh no they're doing it right diesel has hit an all-time high straining the trucking industry Gas right now, diesel right now is currently five twenty nine nationwide, and trucking companies are saying, you know what, we might as well quit, or we're just going to have to figure something out because the price has gone up four point three percent in one week. Right, and you can't stomach loss after loss after loss. You're like, okay, if I get through this week, then next week it will be better, but we just keep getting worse. Well, an oil company executive gave me a piece of advice years ago. Did they? He told me, watch the price of diesel fuel. Americans drive on gasoline, but the economy runs on diesel fuel. Oh, that is true. 
No, we don't think about it either. We're like, well, gas prices are this. Most people wouldn't even know or think to look at diesel prices and think of how big an actual diesel truck is. And then how many gallons it would take for them to move the food from whatever plant to your local grocery store. Absolutely. And it's not about Russia and Ukraine. We don't get a lot of oil from them. As they reminded us, yes. in D.C., we get 3 to 6% from them. So we're not going to see the huge impacts that they claim are from Russia actually being from Russia. They were already cutting off our oil supplies by removing permits, by buying overseas. The same thing they do every cycle when they're in charge. They want to try to go with green energy and other type of voodoo magic that doesn't exist yet instead of trying to work with them. Here's a word for you guys, concurrently. Right. Why aren't we trying to build up one before we're taking out the other? So run side by side. And Well, it's funny that you bring up what they're doing because that man we mentioned earlier, Mr. Elon Musk, the maker of Tesla cars, manufacturing, you know, how many cars do we see on the road every day that have that nice little Tesla symbol, the Model S, which was the first one, the Model 3, and he came out with a Model X, and now he has the Model Y. But do you know who supports Tesla? Who? Well, the left wing has really supported electric vehicles and been pushing electric vehicles. They're the biggest advocates. And they've been talking about having Biden signed, I believe, an executive order one of his first days in office saying that he wanted an electric fleet. And arguably, Tesla is one of the biggest manufacturers. There are others coming along, but they are not quite there yet. Chevy does have the Volt. And I know that Fiat had that 500E, but the range on it was so short and it was such a small car that it would not be good for a fleet. Um, But anyway, I digress. Specifically, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez owns a Tesla or leases. It could go. I'm not quite sure if it's owns or leases, but she has a Tesla. We probably lease it for her or her constituents. Well, right, because they get a monthly allowance. So it's probably a lease and it's part of her monthly allowance. Right. So she gets a Tesla, but then gets into nice little Twitter spat after Twitter spat after Twitter spat with Mr. Elon Musk. So Mr. Musk decided to say something to the effect of uh, what she had said, which was stop hitting on me. And she didn't appreciate it being thrown back in her face. So um, she still drives a Tesla. And apparently she also illegally parks it when she is going grocery shopping. Of course she does. But yeah, so she she supported Tesla. Do you think she's happy she's supporting Tesla right now? She actually picked the car of an ultra billionaire when she decided to lease. She could have leased any car. She could have really. Uh, she could have leased the Chevy Volt. That's in existence. She could have found uh, Fiat 500e, which are still in existence. She even could have bought a nice used one or paid her monthly payment, leased a used one. But no. Well, she probably got some smoking deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, because of all this going on with the cost of fuel and electric vehicles and such, a Biden official who let the cat out of the bag said that this food shortage will push farmers to green energy. How? How will it push them to green? They never let a crisis go to waste. 
how are they, what are we going to go green with? Oh, we can't afford to get the food to you, so we're going to go green by charging you more? Like greenbacks? Is that what they're, they're it's going to cost you more greenbacks? How are they going to go green? You think farmers aren't already oh, trying to meet utopia. margins that are they so are. tiny? They are, and these people live in a utopian world that doesn't pan out. And we're already spending hundreds of millions, if not billions, behind everybody's back trying to turn our U.S. military into an all-electric fleet. And nobody advocates war, but it is what it is. And now we're going to turn vehicles and tanks and such into electric. What's going to happen? We're going to be on a battlefield, and you make it 100 miles in your tank, and then... And it's a rough terrain, yeah. so, oh, sorry, it took you more electric. You're just going to have to wait there you until stop you and can recharge. get somebody else yeah. to charge you up. I mean, how are you going to, oh, our solar panels that we now have to tow behind us are going to have to be set up in the desert so we can get more energy before we can go? Like, how are they going to do that? Well, the most one of the most efficient engines in the European area is diesel. They get the highest fuel mileage. They're what do you mean by rated. efficient? Efficient, 50 plus miles per gallon with these small diesel engines. And it's like, okay, so what kind of car are we talking that could have this You could put one in your SUV and you could get 50 plus miles per gallon. Really? Absolutely. Because right now my my 14 to 22 miles per gallon sucks. I hate it. And I've looked at other options and I'm trying to make it work. I want to um, look at more efficient, better economy but i'm looking at cars that will cost me so much that the cost difference between me having owned this car for nearly a decade and the cost of buying a new car is just not really there but the fact that a diesel engine i i mean i'm talking about getting a car that's going to cost me thirty thousand dollars at least and then it's not going to give me 55 well you know, most, most choo-choo twains that you see going down the tracks they're what's called diesel electric they have a diesel that sits and runs at a very low idle that runs an electric motor that actually runs the train. They use those on boats. They use them on cars. They're very efficient. The technology's there. The efficiency is there. They just beat around the bush and don't know how to get to the end point. Well, which, okay, so that's actually really interesting because they use kind of a hybrid model of using what's the best for each like section of usage, so... If you're starting up, if you're going, that sort of thing. So if they come up with something that's a hybrid model, as you just noted, it could actually benefit us all around until we can get to the point where we're weaned off of fossil fuels. Because, I mean, that was their ultimate goal, right? Yes, that was their ultimate goal. Diesel electric powertrains. Just if anybody wants to know what it is, it's a system for vehicles powered by diesel engines in road, rail, and marine transport. Diesel electric transmission is based on petrol electric transmission, a very similar system, also used in gas engines, but the diesel is more efficient. That's actually really interesting. Just saying. I didn't know that that was, well, that, even that, that an was a option, thing. that that was a thing. That is a thing. Been a thing for a long, long time. But you wouldn't know it by the way we're told to uh, support Elon Musk, but hate Elon Musk at the same time. Yeah, which is interesting within itself because he's a smart guy. And if they would just glean knowledge from him, he could actually do a lot more probably than what he's doing. Yeah, he could probably do even more if he wasn't inhibited by every uh, 
person who's in love with him. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a really bad joke, but no, that's okay. So, Mr. Biden. I don't know about Hunter this. or Joe. Mr. Joe. I don't know Mr. about this Joe. guy, but he went to a black tie dinner. Oh, they just did the um the one for news reporters right. or something that that big old one where they're making fun of themselves. Yeah, and he was cracking up about the inflation jokes. I don't think the people across America think that it's very very funny. You mean the rich elitists who don't care were cracking up about all of the problems he's creating. Yes. Oh, how nice of them. Probably because they are going to hide it in most of the news reports. Yes, they are. It's Ukraine. It's Putin's fault. Oh, everything's Putin's fault. Every every little thing is, is Putin's fault. Yep, he was at the dinner laughing at high gas prices, high food prices that affect regular Americans not attending their fancy black tie dinner. Right, so here we are in... A bit of a financial, financially negative area. People are losing uh, portions of their retirement and having a hard time paying for gas. Food has gone way up. Rents and mortgages are crazy. Interest rates are up. But yeah, let's laugh at all of those little people who have to deal with the outcomes of what he does. Everybody else is just wealthy enough that it doesn't really... Uh, Register for them. Well, and I would bet that a lot of these poor folks are on the edge of mental illness, and it pushes some of them over the edge to commit suicide. And sad, but interesting that you bring that up. So last week we talked about the three sailors that were found deceased that were um, sailors attached to the USS George Washington. So apparently they're just the three latest within a week of each other, as there have been seven to ten others that have also committed suicide within the last year. And it appears that they are facing uh, really poor leadership and um, other issues, such as it is currently uh, the ship is currently in dry dock. And most of the sailors that do not have a home nearby where it's in dry dock are forced to live aboard the ship. And the ship is under construction, so they're forced to live with construction noises while trying to sleep. They are pulling 12-plus duty hours a day in some cases. Now, 12-plus duty hours is not abnormal, but that's usually your underway when you are not underway, you usually have a, a little bit of a shorter day. But apparently, a lot of these sailors are just being pushed to their breaking points, and they are breaking. And committing suicide, unfortunately. And so look at what we're doing across society as a whole. As you were just noting, we are, if you are on a fixed income, where are you going to get that extra grocery money, that extra gas money, that extra anything money it doesn't exist. If you were already on a shoestring budget, you already had every dollar allocated, it's going to mean something to not be able to go to the grocery store, not be able to buy healthy groceries, because healthy groceries tend to not come with coupons and tend to cost more money anyways. So we are pushing people. Yes, we are pushing them to the outer limits of what their abilities are to handle psychologically. Right. And unfortunately, our, our uh, ability to get food stamps or get on housing programs, should you actually need the assistance, the lines are so long or the paperwork's so uh, difficult that people who do need the actual help can't get it. 
Correct. So let's talk about education. Let's get educated. So as you noted earlier, there are, there are groups and clubs that wish to be a part of our public education system that arguably should not be. But even our current education system, so if you look at it, we have public schools that are trying to quote-unquote do equity options, so it's not going to be merit-based anymore. It doesn't matter how how much you work, how hard you work, what's going to end up mattering is what is your ethnic background. So we already have a failed education system nationwide where our test numbers are down in the 40s. They're terrible. Yes. And then we want to make it worse because we're modeling it after places like Seattle who already do equity and those school systems are failing. If you can fail even harder, they found a way to fail harder. But it's really just brought to my eyes that we don't try to bring everybody up as high as we can bring them. Now we're just trying to bring everybody down to be the same. Making us equal across the board, yes. Yeah, equally failing. Yes, that's the problem. And then we have these we have teachers unions that want to institute more failed programs. Like small schools or even larger schools have done these programs and they have failed. So what do they want to do? Implement them for everybody. So we have the teachers union who wants to bring everybody down equally. They don't actually want to lift people up because if they did, they would be fighting harder for the students instead of fighting their hardest for the teachers. But who pays the union dues? Not the kids. So of course they're going to fight for where the money comes from. And as a teacher, you can be a failed teacher and you can stay in your job as long as you want to. And that's what unions do. That's tenured. Your tenured teachers are going to fail for your students year after year. And I know some argue that charter schools or private schools are not the way to go. But competition to me is the way to go because competition for those schools to lift people up, guess what? People fought harder and people want a higher education and they want a better education. So if there's competition, people will do better, whether it's private, charter, or public. It just depends on the area. But why not fight for the better outcome for children instead of fighting to keep them all down? Yes, I agree 100%. We always look at these guys and they think that they can fix it. Well, even lately, there was just a recent speech by Biden where he said the children belong to the teachers in the schools. Negative. They belong to the parents. And other school leaders are trying to say that the parents should have no say. Not even just school leaders, but even politicians or other leaders are trying to say that the parents should have no say. The state should raise them. Well, fine. You want to pay all their bills? I mean, I know that's tax dollars. But my kids want to have... uh, Lots of high-end things. You're going to give that for them, send them to a state institution. Like, okay, you're going to free up my time. Are we just like baby factories for the state now? Well, when a child has no parents or the parents are in prison or on drugs and medical treatment, then the child is a ward of the state. Then they can help their life out. Yeah, but if you listen to Joe Biden and others like him, the teachers are the real parents. Well, 
then we should do a little study and see how the parents that actually have children are raising and treating their children. Yeah. Man, this is getting heated there in Florida. Let me swing over a little bit here. What's happening in Florida? Well, the Democratic candidate still thinks we're in a high COVID state and they need to make mass mandates law there in Florida. Because they worked, right? Mass mandates actually worked. Mass mandates just... Well, who had a mass mandate? Um, China. They had mass mandates. They've had... um, Lots of social distancing. In fact, early on, they actually locked people in their houses. And so that cured them of any problems, right? Uh, 100%. Except that now they're in the biggest lockdown and they're starving people. They're starving people out. They're not sending enough food to places. They're locking them in their, their buildings and threatening them with jail time. They've sent kids off to arguably internment camps, and yet they are still having a crisis. But I can guarantee you they are all wearing masks. So please tell me how masks are the solution. What does this guy say? How 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 does he say that masks are the solution? Well, he would be open to what scientists advise, not political scientists. So not Dr. F-word. Isn't he a political scientist? He is, uh, like Biden, even though he doesn't have total cognitive loss. Um, I believe his day was done many, many years ago. And this guy, who's a sitting congressman, I think, right now, Christ, believes that you should still wear a mask on airplanes, you should still wear a mask in stores, you should still wear a mask in restaurants, you should still socially distance because he sees an uptick in Florida's COVID cases and it's not even B2. It's a new variant. Well, there could be 500 new variants in the le- in the next two years. Can't lock down every time there's a little scare. Okay. Let's say I agree with him. Masks are the way to go. If you're in public, if you're on a train, on a plane, if you're going grocery shopping, if you're going to school, if you're working, whatever the case is, that I agree 100% you should wear a mask. Restaurants should not be open because you have to take a mask off to eat. Absolutely. And you shouldn't even risk like mask down, bite, you know, mask up, mask down, bite, mask up. No. Why are we keeping, why haven't restaurants 100% been shuttered? They are not in my opinion, fast food and restaurants are unnecessary if if COVID is as bad as they say. If it is necessary for us to wear masks, then there should be no restaurants anymore. That's a true statement there. And I guarantee you, though, just like all these other elitists, if you look at pictures and vid- still pictures and videos of this gentleman the last couple of years, I guarantee you, you will find him in locations where he's without his mask. Over and over again, we've seen it from the people who keep yes. telling us what to do. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going down to Florida. She went maskless in a crowded restaurant in many different places. She decided to eat at a local eatery and take her mask off. I'm sorry if it is that bad and we need to mask up. Guess what? You're not doing the right thing, even if you're following the rules or following the law if you truly believe 
that we need more masking, don't do what the law says. Go one step further. Wear masks even more. Like, don't eat out. Don't ever go to a restaurant. Stay home. Yeah, stay home. Well, that's the other thing, too. She was on vacation, so stay home. Yeah, stay home. Yeah, so why are you ever going anywhere, ever, if you truly believe that it is that bad? Absolutely. This whole thing's been nutso. Well, I just hope that DeSantis wins a second term. I, I, really I hope so, too, and I hope he doesn't have to resign being governor in order to run for president. He's not going to run. This oh, you, I don't think not. so. I don't believe so. How old is he? Do you I think would, he's in his 50s? I would guess he's in his 50s. I, I would say 50s. Well, his wife also has been undergoing chemo treatment, so yep. now, I mean, I know he's already governor. Now might not be the right time to... To make up into his life even more. So, I I mean, that's just something to think about, too. Oh, he's a youngster. He's only 43. Ooh, he is young. So, he has Sorry long... I tried to overage age yeah. you, Governor DeSantis. You didn't look in your 50s, but I, I was just making a guess based on how old most of our leaders are. I'm yeah, glad to hear. born in 1978. He's a young guy. I'm glad to hear you're uh, on the younger side. So, if you're listening to this podcast... Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, he was a reserve naval officer also. Oh, he was oh. a JAG officer. Nice. You know who else was in the military who ran for president? Who's a little bit younger than him? Was Pete Buttigieg? I would take. Really? Yes, I would take Governor DeSantis any day over Pete Buttigieg. You betcha. Sorry about my vote. I take it back. It happens. I take it back. That's why they used to call him snake oil salesman back in the day. Yes. I mean, I, yeah. I know that there's like towing the party line. But that moment that you're touting green energy or being green to the environment, I guess you could say. And you roll up in your SUV Within biking distance from work, and then you hop on your bicycle and pretend bike to work after going in your SUV for a lot farther than you biked? Yes. You know the interesting thing? I just thought of something. Sorry. My mind's going backwards a little Don't bit. Don't be sorry. Diesel fuel. So can the- we drink it? Oh, wait. You know what? I heard if you do cocaine, you can get to places faster. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, you don't. Don't, don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't. So, for years... The government was claiming that if we make biodiesel, make it out of corn, out of wheat. Was that E85 or is that something no, different? No, E85 is gasoline. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. the same kind of derivative thought, but diesel's just a touch different. Okay. That they would be able to always keep diesel prices down lower than they've ever been. So this is corn fuel? Yes. Okay. And we've had case studies for years and years and years where the stuff works good, but they have to be subsidized by the federal government oh like because our wind it's really and electric. yeah because it's really expensive to make okay i guess to process the well, corn yes okay. well here we're at a point where it's five something a gallon some places six some seven right okay yeah so obviously that's another failed policy that some non-expert experts thought they could make work and it's not working as well either and didn't it take away like didn't it make actual corn farmers 
for people like human consumption for a while yeah it made the pricing go way, way up, up and up. created shortages and such yes. and then they had to like handle that yes because people just wanted to sell it for gas because it was the thing yes okay that part i okay i remember that a little bit but i thought the the corn fuel ate away at car parts for faster. gasoline engines it does Back when they had carbureted parts and early fuel injection, it would eat up seals and O-rings and things like that. So yes. it was something that they had to work through. But they worked through that and fixed that component. Well, that's good to know. Because I mean, the car manufacturers started coming out with parts that were compatible with both E85 and normal or nominal fuels. Okay, so if you have that, it just kind of shows you that we can we need to do it on smaller scales figure out all the problems and then do it on big scales. Cause it seems like we just try to like ramp up as quickly as possible. And then it turns out to be a bad idea. Like some of these early solar panels are going to be absolute garbage for our environment and they die really quickly. And then same with the wind turbines. We don't have a recyclable wind turbine blade yet. Nope. So where a wind turbine might be a good idea we need to figure out how it could be made out of recyclable materials first. Hence, do things concurrently until you figure them out. Don't just right. throw something out there and see what sticks. Right, and I, I definitely believe in being kinder and greater to our environment. We need to be nice to our environment. We don't need to destroy. Why? Why? I don't think we need to destroy. You like, a, do you think a volcano's nice to our environment <laughs> when uh, it's on an island and it, and it blows up and takes out an entire population? No, but I, I think that if we take our trash and we just threw it outside in the street and never went, you know, we have dumps and pickups and we, we try to not trash our environment. Right, and I was kidding. And unfortunately, yeah. because homeless don't have water and garbage where they stay. Unfortunately, there is garbage everywhere. very unsanitary very quickly. Yes. So could you imagine if we just went and... You know, every uh, water canal system, we just threw our trash in there, let the water carry it and be somebody else's problem or or human matter. It, it happens more than you think because a lot of people don't care about anything but themselves. Right. Yes. That is true. Yes. So I was reading into some of these impeachment pushes. I don't know if you've been hearing about impeachment them. Impeachment push to impeach Biden? No, I guess it's more of a disqualification, trying to disqualify Congress people because they supported the the insurrection at the oh, Capitol. Oh, kind of like our Supreme Court Justice's wife. Yeah, so they want our Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to either be impeached or step down because his wife had the audacity to have a an opinion. And How dare her. That's a whole other side story. I mean, pretty much... Your significant other, maybe I'm wrong for saying this, can do almost anything. And as long as you have no involvement, it doesn't make it your fault or your responsibility. So she has an opinion that Trump should have been president. She was at the rally that Trump was doing on January 6th. I think there's no indication that she went into the Capitol or near the Capitol, just that she thought that Trump should have been president. And that was her opinion and her thing. And there is so far no indication that Clarence Thomas tried to have an impact on uh, uh, texting people to say, how can we get Trump 
back in office or going to the, the rallies or doing things like that. That was her opinion. But what I'm actually referring to is the attempt by different individuals or technically groups to go through and get candidates stricken from the ballot by saying that they committed a constitutional action that would leave them with the inability to actually run for office. So what it is, is they are a group that launched a a website years ago called Impeach Donald Trump Now, and they launched it right after he was elected. And this group of people who has been organized for quite some time is actually trying to get different individuals removed from the ballot. So Andy, U.S. reps, Andy Biggs, Paul Gosar, they're from Arizona. Another Arizona state rep is also, they were uh, on the ballot that they were trying to get removed through lawsuit. And they're working their way through the courts. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia is another one. Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina. For whatever reason, I kept thinking he was from South Carolina. So apparently he's from North Carolina. But anyway, they're trying to get these individuals removed, saying that they were basically a part of the Capitol insurrection, even though none of them were actually physically there. But because they were big supporters of Donald Trump, and then the connection is that Donald Trump was the instigator of the Capitol insurrection, therefore they should not be allowed to run because they helped, by way of supporting Donald Trump, to incite the insurrection. So they're not allowed to have a First Amendment and say what they want to. No, they're not. They didn't say fire in a crowded building. No, they didn't. So basically because they supported Donald Trump and, yeah, so that whole thing. Right, when they can't win at the ballot box. They sue their way to get people. Sue their way to victory. Yeah, so that's what they're trying to do. So all of these lawsuits to get the U.S. representatives removed is uh, through a group that first initially tried to impeach Donald Trump and then they just moved on to the next thing and the next thing. But I thought it was kind of interesting, like, okay, who's behind it? Because it's in different states. You have Georgia, you have North Carolina, you have Arizona. So you think it's all of these individual little people trying to do it. But it turns out it's an organized yeah, it's group. It's a fringe organization. Who's Absolutely. on the left. Yes. Which makes sense because they're anti-Trump and people they're who They're anti-America. Yeah. Well, so talk about somebody being behind somebody. So our former Hawaii rep... Tulsi Gabbard Gabbard is suggesting that former President Barack Obama is behind the effort to establish a disinformation governance board. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised because he was just talking about it at some speech that he gave. Which she has likened to George Orwell's famed Ministry of Truth. Right. And if you have not read his book, 1984, I highly, highly recommend it. If you have trouble reading... And I just mean finding the time to read a novel. I would recommend going to your local library and checking to see if they have an audio book you can check out. Absolutely. You have a drive time. It's amazing. But anyway, sorry, carry on. That's okay. Let me give a push a little more of what she said. Biden is just a front man. Obama on April 21st social media censor. He says social media censors don't go far enough. Wait, oh. Former President Obama said social media censors don't... Don't go go far enough. Wait, so after they censored the truth... Yes. 
And and we know that they censored the truth because the Hunter Biden laptop scandal mm-hmm. for the Biden crime family was legitimate truth. And they, they worked very hard at, you know, saying that it wasn't. Right. So he says. So what's not truth now? What, yeah. what do they need to censor? So the government needs to step in to do the job. So six days later, Homeland Security rolls out the Ministry of Truth, a.k.a. Disinformation Governance Board. And what's interesting about that, Mayorkas has already been on Capitol Hill answering for this disinformation board that they're founding. And his claim is that it will only affect foreign actors because they are only going to be looking at foreign influence and not U.S. persons. Oh, you mean kind of like the CIA who is only supposed to look after foreign entities outside of the U.S.? And they were looking within, trying to destroy a presidential candidate? Well, absolutely, because it has so far been shown through the lawsuit, through the, or not the lawsuit, sorry, through the Sussman court case that's going on now. There, This is one of three. So one gentleman has already, I believe, pled guilty. And then you have Sussman, who is being prosecuted now. And then there's a third, and I believe he is actually foreign, but a third who is um facing prosecution you have Sussman the lawyer who billed Hillary Clinton's campaign for his work on this dossier and turning it over to the FBI so don't get confused it was theirs Sussman turned the data for the Trump Russia collusion dossier over to the FBI when that wasn't fast enough he also turned it over to the CIA Both of them investigated. Now, there was the claimed component of foreign collusion, which would have been Russia. However, it was found that the the data wasn't truthful and that Trump had no actual connection. So then it became a U.S. case. CIA still has their hands in it. And in fact, they went further. But all of that information is not going into the trial because it is secret. Secret information. Well, Among other things that they've done, don't think that that's the only thing. Right, they do lots. And that's why I don't trust Obama either. And he continued on with this speech talking about how all these tech companies, their management is sincere. They just want to stop foreign entities from handing out misinformation. So I was looking at... I was <laughs> oh at my that, gosh, yes. did, did he seriously say that? He did. His, you can read the text of his speech online. I'm or gonna you can look at the text. I'm gonna have to because well. I like I can believe that he said that, but I can't believe that he. Well, here's if you look at some of the most relevant shares and discussions on that speech. So this person says, "Okay, based on whose opinion is the misinformation, disinformation going to rely on Democrat versus Republican, straight versus homosexual, right versus wrong." Law versus criminal, and the list goes on and on. Well, and it really does. And if you look at some of the initial, the initial stuff that came out, uh, I hate that word stuff. But if you look at what came out after the Trump Russia collusion, and what came out, man, they they touted that thing, that collusion, as if it were solid gold fact. It was reported everywhere. It was allowed to be everywhere. And even after years of investigation, it, it we finally have a place where it is now known to be not factual. 
well, changed. They it. knew, yeah, it changed the narrative for sure. And they knew that the election was going to be close. And they figured if they could throw one little October surprise in there, that it would totally decimate Trump's chances of becoming president. And it did. And then if you look at the uh, Hunter Biden scandal, which was to come out as another October surprise. And I know we, so I, I say we because I believe you seem to believe this too, is that the October surprises are absolute trash. Especially when they know this stuff for months or years and then they just hold on to it till they think that it is timed enough right before a major election cycle to try and sway it. Like if you knew it, are they just afraid that if they release it too soon, either it's trash and they're hoping that it's close enough that they'll they'll sway the election like the Trump-Russia collusion? Well, I guarantee you if the CIA dove into Trump and all that turned out to be false... They have dove into the Biden family, and they know what they do is, in fact, true. Well, they, and they provide cover And they're for providing them. cover they for them. They absolutely are providing co- There's no way they're not providing cover for them because it has been shown, every piece that has been shown to be true, like the Hunter Biden laptop thing, it's not just a laptop. It is thousands of pieces of information that shows that Hunter Biden is just there to make cash. He's there to make it off his dad's name. And he goes to country after country making deal after deal. He's just the middleman. It's not like he's an expert in all of these things. He just no, his get, dad's he cuts the, through the red tape. His dad's the mafia Don. I guarantee if they were to dive into this thing legitimately, they'd find out that he, along with his brother, spearheaded this whole thing. They yeah. just used the poor drug addict as the middleman to go make the deals on his name and then they collected the cash. Right, because it talks about how, I mean, there are emails and messages about paying Joe Biden's bills. So that's not just a little gift from a son. He's paying the bills of his dad and that is the way that they get around reporting all of this money that Joe Biden is actually making from these deals off of his background. Yeah, and that's why there's $5 million extra dollars that is unaccounted for or it's accounted for but they don't know where it came from yeah and so going back to whether or not the what is disinformation and who decides what is disinformation it was decided by washington and those in washington that the hunter biden laptop was russian disinformation it was decided it was blocked by twitter it was blocked by facebook it was blocked People could not share this story. All those honest and trustworthy people at those companies. And 50 intelligence officials also said that it was Russian disinformation. And which I believe not one of them has apologized for their false and misleading statements. Not just not apologize. One said that they were giddy or whatever the insert. And do you know who went to them and got them to sign that document? Was it press the the press secretary? Saki? No, the new lady that's in charge of the misinformation. Oh, department. the misinformation lady herself. She went and got them to sign that yes, it was, that was misinformation. Yeah. So who's in charge of the misinformation? The same people who said that legitimate information was misinformation. Well, one of my phrases and terms is full throttle. And if one party gets back into office at the midterms, they need to go full throttle yeah but they're just as bad well absolutely that's what i was going to say is there's a lot of them that were already aware of the biden family 
and what was going on. Unfortunate, they make money, we pay. Yes, we do. We pay big time. Yep. Spotify dropped Michelle Obama. What? That's just like a, a short week. Michelle? Can, yeah, well, apparently. Michelle, my bell? Michelle has been dropped, and uh, we also have another first lady. She didn't write it. It's a biography about her. But the uh, biography about Jill Biden only sold like 250 copies in its first week. And I thought that that was kind of a fake news story. I really did. I thought it was like a a right wing, let's, you know, stick it to Jill. So I went to Amazon to see about buying the book. And it only had four reviews. And that's more than a more than a week after it's been sold. And it only had four reviews. I expected... <laughs> thousands i thought it was just like right right wing nonsense let's talk about michelle real quick obama okay let's talk so if you if you went to fresno state to give a speech this weekend okay guest speaker that's paid how much do you think you get paid for that speech based on your knowledge of immigration i would be surprised if i got more than four figures which four figures is four figures. So yeah, I would take it. Don't get me if wrong. Michelle Obama showed up to Fresno State with zero immigration experience, how much money do you think she would make for the same speech? At least $250,000. Absolutely. Because I think that's about the going rate for her when she has no experience, no knowledge in anything other than being a short-term attorney, I believe. Yeah, she was an attorney. She yeah. has her. She actually has done more work. As an attorney, than I believe her husband has, and they're both law school graduates. Right, she gives major speeches around the country and around the world, and gets paid pretty well for it. And so, if you look at a lot of these individuals who give the major speeches, make the buku dollars, and you just have your name recognition behind it, do you think that they're even making their own speeches at this point? No. So, someone comes up with a topic, says, "I want you to speak on X, Y, Z," and then one of their they get 250000 500000 whatever the going rate is. And then they probably pay somebody 5000 max to write a speech or someone who's on their staff for $5,000 a, a month to write that speech. So really you're paying 250000 for the, the low-level staffer, speech writer. Maybe they make six figures, 100000 a year, but this person is making bank six-figure a speech. Because they have name recognition, not because they have actual subject matter expertise. Now, if they invited her to say, tell me what it's like to be first lady and everything that you did, subject matter expert right there. Absolutely. But when they say, let's talk about, insert whatever subject it is, what, yeah, I, I do find that quite interesting. Absolutely. And you're right. It has been a busy week and I look forward to doing this next week. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.